people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboy! You just shattered the job. This is a fanboy planet podcast, and here is your host, Derek McCall. He heads off into the speed zone. Doesn't it's he? it's yeah. like the Doppler effect, and we're just completely still. Uh, this is Derek McCall, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting. From the Seven Stars Bar and Grill on Wednesday, December 18th, 2013. This would, I guess, be the last podcast before Christmas. You know what's funny about this place? When they decorate for Christmas, you just think it's more Star Wars stuff. Nah, no, Yoda's wearing a red hat. Yeah, so it's is still Darth. Yoda. <laughs> so is Darth. Uh, so it, it's festive enough for me. Uh, and yes, indeed, Seven Stars Bar and Grill in San Jose, California. December 18th, and again, a shout-out uh, was I put on uh, the Twitter feed today to uh, happy birthday to my brother, who uh, I don't know how old he is today, um, but he's certainly more successful. So, <laughs> To your older brother? No, he's my younger brother. Okay. So, no, I do know how old he is, but shh, I don't want to say it. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, you don't want to give us both a present. Buy his book, <laughs> which is available on fanboyplanet.com. Pardon me. Yes, indeed. So, and we are also extremely grateful tonight to have the return of Nate Costa. hey Yes, there we go. And across from me, I, re- I, I just wanted to express my gratitude, so I messed up the introduction because I was just so grateful. And across here in the room with me, as opposed to all men in Los Angeles, uh, is podcast producer Rick Brett Snyder. There we go. And he's also, at the same time, doing, laying down an incredible heavy metal track. Uh, I am. Well, be, there will be a drum solo later in the show. All with my feet. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Have I been gone so long that Rick is no longer the moral compass? No, no, no. He just he just teases. I, you know, it depends on the conversation. I we got have the tattoo. The it's not going away. And that's why he lost it. Ironically, the thing he thought would brand him moral compass. <laughs> According to Judaism, no. Yes, and we're both so <laughs> so. <laughs> eth- <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, I'm just saying. Uh, ah, you shlemiel. Yeah, schmuck. All right. So we have, uh, <laughs> you know, a rare thing happened today, which is that a casting notice appeared on a Wednesday before we podcast. That doesn't happen. So I don't. Tr- I don't. I don't believe it in a minute. Right. It's not confirmed, but it's going to happen. What is it? We'll tell you in a little bit. We got some comics news, and as promised, we're going to follow up. And I, I don't know if, if Nate will want to keep up with this. We are going to argue, we don't even argue, but we are going to discuss Doc Savage number one from Dynamite. And it's going to get a little geeky here. Uh, we're going to talk some movies. We're going to talk some TV. And we are, uh, I believe, going to, I'm going, I am at least going to present to Rick on the air the Christmas gift that you've been teasing that has a weeks. 297% chance of being perfect. And I, of, your, your present is here. It's just hidden right now. 
Well, so is yours. It's not really hidden. It's just bagged. Ah. So, um, but first, I want to read a letter from superfan Brian K. Shimada, who we officially name the show's sponsor Is that all one word, superfan, and is the F capitalized? I like doing that. It looks cool. Yeah. Uh, You know, so... uh, Unfortunately, on my phone, Rick answered, and so it, it got messed up under this. Okay, so here we go. Hey, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes? Is this fan mail? It is. Sing it, baby. Sing us in. Stoddard Kenny, we've got fanny mail! There you go. Damn, I missed that. All right. Uh, hey, guys. With all the quote-unquote free Fanboy Planet entertainment I've enjoyed over the last year. Wait a minute. It has been free. <laughs> it but, has uh, been free. <laughs> I just wanted to say... Brian, if somebody's charging for that, you know we need to talk. Because <laughs> it wasn't me. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you and chip in with a small donation via PayPal. Hopefully we can offset some of the website and server hosting costs. Unfortunately, it won't be enough for Derek's new car fund. Maybe next year when I hit the Mega Millions jackpot. Hope you all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So this is officially the Brian K. Shimada podcast. Indeed. You have sponsored us tonight. Brian, thank you so much. Um, I understand, you know, he couldn't make it down here tonight, but uh, he has been a loyal listener. Who, Happy holidays. God who, bless who us, everyone. comes in at, to the seven stars, and we love, we love, love having, having love Brian over here. So we are grateful for that. And thank now, you, Brian. Uh, thank you. And now to serious stuff. Um, this is serious stuff. Comics. All right, I'm going to go first with, you know, the, you, you put on the, the Miracle Man number one. is not out yet, but the alternate covers are showing up. Yep. When they first announced there were alternate covers showing up, but I right. think it's the first time the Neil Adams one has been shown. He looks really angry. Because <laughs> it's Neil Adams. Yeah, Neil Adams draws people really angry. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he's had a bowel movement in 30 years. It's part of that expanding, it's possible. It's part of that expanding Earth theory he has. Fiber, Neil. Fiber. Yeah, fiber. Uh, did you go to one of those lectures? Like I think the like the first Comic Con. No, I went to his. I went to I went to his uh, booth twice. You went to his booth, but you've never gone to one. You of You get his a panel? lecture when you go to his booth. Oh, it doesn't matter. No, so, it doesn't okay. matter. Yeah, he's got an interesting. He's a nice guy. I like Neil. No, an incredibly talented guy, and I'm going to say, you know, a guy who has fought and rightfully so because he himself is incredibly talented, but fought for creators' rights and been on the forefront a long time. So you know, so yeah, great stuff. And of course, here we are getting more and more excited about Miracle Man. Which is good, you know. I think like January is going to hit really hard, and I noticed that next week, just a few event comics. Yeah. And the week after, just a few event comics. Your comics come out on Tuesday next week. Right. Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Yeah. And thus, not too many, so we can save up and spend a whole lot of money in January. Lo, I spake unto thee. <laughs> yes. Thou shalt save up thy Christmas money, and indeed drop the shekels. On inhumanity. Fear not. Oh, I fear. I fear. <laughs> I've seen my credit card bill for Christmas. Anyway, um, and then you said there was a Star Lord reprint I, that I missed last week. Was it uh, from talking? You know, it's one up of the huge Garden's- ones. Another yeah. one, you know, seven eight bucks, and it had all the Marvel premiere large uh, the black large, and white ones, black or? and white ones. Yeah, um, and including one at the back was in color, in full color. I forgot. I think it was Val Mayrick may have done the art mm-hmm. for it. Um, but it really, it was kind of funny because, you know, they do these things when they're bringing a, a character into the forefront again, yeah. right? They yeah. kind of recap. And, and we all know the Guardians of the Galaxy is getting the run-up to the movie. Well, they've been doing They did a Rocket Raccoon a couple of months ago, right. which was great. Which was, what's crazy about this is you, you read this book and you realize just how different 
the current Star-Lord is from the way he was when he was originally brought out in those books. Because he originally wasn't part of Marvel continuity, it was just an attempt to do a sci-fi series. Yeah, it was often it was off in the future, and he was uh, he had a ship that was made out of this uh, unstable metal. It had its own uh, yeah. own mental uh, AI going on. It, it actually took the form of a woman. I recall and that. And he fell in love with it kind of during an episode, and then it went back to being your ship again. It's kind of like, well, I, I think like each each adventure was written by somebody different. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But uh, you know, fun stuff. I mean, if you can still find it, it's it's a uh, it's a good uh, couple hours of uh, well, and, and great uh, art because yeah. I know one was Gene Colan, yes, and Tom Palmer, yeah, in, uh, the Carmine Infantino did the first one. Okay, I, I've never read that one. I read I had picked up the next one. In the wake of Star Wars, as, yeah. he, as a boy in junior high going, Star-Lord, it's close to Star Wars, therefore it must be good. And uh, <laughs> Well, the covers were made to look like Star Wars posters, oh, too. Oh, man, and the covers were awesome. <laughs> well, of course, Star Wars posters were made to make Star Wars seem more awesome than it actually was. Yeah. Uh, what? No, no, no. Nate, here's what I'm just saying. When you look at how savage and macho Luke, Luke Skywalker, Skywalker looks on that original With Leia, Leia arms entwined and around his legs. And don't get me wrong, I loved Star Wars, and I never noticed the dichotomy until years later. Right. And went, wait a minute, that's not... Just just as, like on the cover for, cover of the first issue for Marvel, it was Enter Luke Skywalker. Will he save the galaxy or, or destroy, destroy it? it? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like... Well, they, I mean, it was still like the... In the... Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me... That the original Star Wars movie poster. Yes. Luke looks macho. He yeah. does. Yeah. His shirt the is The one open. where... He has yeah. the lightsaber above that his was, head. That uh, was... What was the... Uh-huh. Brother? It was the brothers that did and all the Tolkien the work. Hildebrands. The Hildebrands. The Hildebrands. And, yeah. and Leia's got a split skirt, and she's like... She's... She, he looks like Conan with a little slave girl around his leg. And Han's ankles. barely in it. Yeah. You know, it's... A, yeah, it's a... You would never go... Han, bo- Han's not on the original poster. Barely. I think he's like a small... They've got little yeah. things of the droids in the background. It's, they all, got, it's mostly I'm Darth looking Vader's at it. Helmet. I'm online looking at it right now. It's got a big Darth Vader yeah, helmet, helmet silhouette. Because yeah. he was the evil one. It's got X-wings flying on the side uh, of yeah, Darth uh-huh, Vader's head. Uh-huh. It's got the Death Star in the background. Uh-huh, it's got the uh-huh, droids. Uh-huh. And it's got Luke and Leia. Luke does not look macho. I'm sorry to tell you. No, he's he just got looks the like sword some... raised, and he looks he looks kind of ninja uh, Japanese influence that everyone forgets how, how Oriental uh, that uh, that whole setup looked. Asian, Asian. Good well, I God. didn't say people. It was it's all right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, but it was definitely a misrepresentation of the way that uh, that uh, movie went. But you know, it, it was what it was. Uh, but uh, in addition to Gene Coleman, we go back to yeah. John Byrne and uh, Terry Austin. Yes, yes. Uh, and the next one. So, I mean, some really, at the time, the top creators uh, at Actually, Marvel. at the very early parts of their careers, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah. they were exploding. I mean, you They knew, were really. They yeah, were, you know, like John Byrne yeah, was Byrne drawing was Star-Lord X- right as he was drawing X-Men. X-Men and yeah. so, yeah, boom, everybody was into that. Yep. So, uh, that's good stuff. Uh, all right. You know, I'll just dive into it because I... I, I you know, I know this is what we're going to talk about the most, even though you're going to say the Amazing Spider-Man 700 point whatever issues one, two, three, four. I five. just want to mention they've they've come out with the fourth and fifth this week. Did and... you pick those up, Nate? No. Okay. They've been fun stories. I've forgotten how much I missed the real Peter Parker. <laughs> it's it's uh you know the the idea. No one's that... no one's arguing. With no, you. it's it's I I don't understand what they're doing. Nate, but you need to come it's back. It's kind of neat. Really getting defensive. So, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not getting defensive. You're getting defensive. Yeah, exactly. And here we go. Uh, and then we promised last week because we got excited uh, out of our bags. The uh, Rick and I did. Nate was not here. He was out uh, maintaining his marriage well romantically. My yes. God, he's like he's like Casanova, but for one woman only. And uh, <laughs> that's the way it should be, <laughs> Casaneta. And uh, anyway. Uh, Doc Savage, the Man number of Bronze, one. number one from Dynamite. Yep. Um, and we were drooling just over the cover the alone. The cover was awesome. And Alex Ross. There were actually four or five different covers for that and issue. none of them were as good. None of them were as good as the standard one. It's like so bizarre. Yeah. The, the only one that I... I kind of, none of them. I would never I, have traded any I of them. I liked the John Cassidy's because it was an homage to one of the actual Doc Savage comics from the 40s. Right. But... I liked it, but not as much as loving the Alex Ross image. Not only did he capture the best of the James Bama work with it, and he had the Amazing Five on there, but also he has another, uh, you know, maquette of, or three-quarter view of Doc, Doc's head. Right. And it looks like a combination to me of the Bama of and Kurt, the... No, of, uh, who did I say? Chuck Connors. Right. And Ron Ely. And why that was really cool is because Chuck Connors is who they had planned to make a Doc Savage in 1964, um. and uh, they were adapting the Thousand-Headed Man, and that's the Gold Key comic, right? So there's, a, and that's why there's one issue of Gold Key of Doc Savage. Is that the whole story in one issue? It is. It was, okay. like, it was that's one I've never cent, picked. It was it up. a 15 cent extra size. I ha- I have it somewhere. Yeah. Um, and they used the Bama cover for Thousand-Headed Man on the comic, mm-hmm. and it was and it was adapted from the script that they were going to move forward with Chuck Connors as Doc Savage, and then it fell apart. Right. So, but Ross also did that cover as an homage to Steranko's work on, uh, on Shield. Shield. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it's like so many different influences, uh, you know, of, of of greatness and all working and Chris, tightly together. And Chris Roberson is writing the story inside, which I thought read very much like the kind of plot or or the kind of MacGuffin that would have driven a Doc Savage pulp story. Yes. Yes, and he and he got all the members of Doc's crew Even working on different parts. There of, is a hint that it's being narrated from, I guess, like our time, and because they, they make a reference to back when he had his original crew, this story happened, right, right. and they didn't know the repercussions. And I've read that they're going to go forward, and they're going to have a, a variety of different. It's teams. hinted at on that cover. There's another yeah. set of people, kind of in three quarter view. Yeah. So, um, and we say Chris Roberson, great writer. Artist, I don't even care because it was just serviceable art. And yeah. this is my this is my disappointment with it. And I've been thinking about it going, yeah, I guess that's been the problem with Di- I got overexcited by Dynamite because they got really good writers. Yes. Um and really good storytelling. Occasionally but, they have really good artists, but, but they but, don't but always. I just did, you know, I just got, got through masks. And if each of those pulp yeah. heroes had not had different colored masks essentially there are moments you wouldn't be able to tell who was who no and and so i have a problem with that and in this i think the action was serviceable but the problem i had is that i realized after mulling it for a couple of days because it was the it was that and justice league 3000 were the only two comic books i got a chance to read last week and you know so i spent a couple days thinking about it and realized that not since the marvel books and i i'm I'm tarring DC with the same brush. Not since the Marvel books have I really seen an artist capture the Amazing Five and Doc Savage in a way 
that matched to me the descriptions in the book. Right. And you're talking about the Basima and Dzunga. Dzunga. Um, and I was going to say, I guess a little bit like they started to, and then they got away from when DC did the next wave with Rags Morales. Right. Um, you know, Brian Azzarello, I read his notes, and one of his notes was the thing that I had reached a conclusion a while back is uh, Lester Dent, who basically created under uh, the house name Kenneth Robeson, you know, Doc Savage, right. and, then, and then worked to create the Avenger. And we've talked about how the Avenger had, you know, Josh and Nelly, right. uh, Josh and Roosevelt, uh, ro- you know, as, as the uh, these African-American uh, teammates for him and how progressive that was. At the time, yeah. At the time, I realized that, that Lester Dent's constant reference to Doc's skin is that Doc isn't white. And he couldn't come out and say that. He, had, you know, he said it was it was burnt. His skin was burned to deep bronze by, by years, years of exposure to the, the tropical, tropical suns. Sun. Yeah, but I always assumed he'd been dipped it, in chemicals. But too. it was always said he was the bronze man. He was, you know, yeah. he'd al- always people mo- remark on his dark skin. Right. And so Brian Azzarello said, "Well, he's clearly mixed race." Yeah. And I thought, okay, yeah, which makes sense in 2011 when he was, or whenever they were doing next wave or first wave. And, um, but this book, they don't color him that way. Now, no, now in the Marvel, those eight issues with Ross Andrew drawing and the color ones, you know, he, were, he had some wildly <laughs> bad coloring on a couple of issues. Where but was, he was always bronze. He was like orange. But, but he, he was, was always, always a different color. He was always not, not white. He was he always was, a different color. Yeah. And I am disappointed in that. Yeah. He's also drawn small because the other thing about Doc Savage was supposed to be that if you saw him, on his own, he would not appear large. He was supposed to be, but when he was up again, when he when people stood near him, you realized how incredibly big he actually was. Right. None of that comes through in the art, mm-hmm. and then uh, of the sidekicks again explained to me why every art every artist since Tony DeZuniga right. and John Bashima has given Ham, and we've lost Nate, but but given Ham a mustache. They try to make him a little effete. They're, they're trying to make but, him look, but he didn't. You no, know, I, but, I, no, but he didn't need to be. And, and they drew him. They, I mean, saying Ross Andrew drew them right. Yeah, and you know, Monk should look like an ape. He doesn't ever look like an ape. Anybody? Well, Dave, I say, take it back. Dave Stevens did in the Rocketeer. Yes, Monk looks right in the Rocketeer. He added a mustache to Ham, and so everybody, go, you know, yeah, yeah. Or he everybody goes along with that. Um, and I, I take that back. And Rocketeer is where Doc Savage was also bronze. Yep. And it's the only other color one that had that had that. So this is 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 my problem. I want to see like my give me one ideal Doc Savage graphic novel. And kids, if you if you're not remembering Doc Savage being in Rocketeer, he's not named Doc Savage, but you can pretty much he's figure there. It out. And he came back in the uh, Mark Wade uh, IDW revival, the Cargo of Doom. Yeah, he was. He was clearly a character, even though he was never appearing on screen. And he gets they use Howard Hughes for him in the movie. So I was disappointed, you know, that IDW didn't get this license. But then I got excited by Dynamite. But then I realized Chris Roberson understands Doc Savage, and this and that story pretty much was an origin of a lot of things. Yeah, that were standard in the Doc Savage books. Yep. And I was like, okay, if Philip was a farmer, didn't explain it. Okay, you know, it, it's cool. I don't need those origins, but all right, because you're introducing Doc to a whole new generation, and um, but you know, I just want one to give me exciting art. I do too, and I, I, I really, I do hope for this this uh, series. I think that they've got 
just the fact that they did that cover and they got all the notes in there and I'm interested in seeing what they're going to do with the looking backwards and forwards in time kind of thing. They tried to do that with the one abortive DC uh, series where there was Chip Savage. Well, you really can't call it abortive I mean, because it lasted like 20 issues or yeah. so. Longer than any other Doc Savage series has. I guess I wanted it to be abortive. <laughs> well, yeah, because it immediately, I mean, they had to... They basically had to restore, like you know, the status quo, and eventually went back to the '30s because yeah. it, the, you know, because they, they realized they had made they, a huge mistake. Well, well, they wrote themselves into a corner too fast. The problem is that if you do an update, or you know, what happens is somebody has one good story about what would happen if, and, and it's like Howard Chaykin's Shadow in DC, uh, Blood and Blood and uh, Blood and by uh, something Sex and Bullets, or I think it's Sex and Bullets. And, um, it, it, you know, it was like it was one good story about the shadow coming out of retirement in the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah. And 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 getting his right. group together. That and started that, that series. And then when they continued that, Without then they had to go. They had to go and create the shadow strikes and go back to the 30s again yep. because because only one man had a good story. Yeah. And then it just started getting sillier and sillier and sillier. And and then they and they stop paying attention to the actual to the shadow, right? And and the same thing or how those original shadow stories work. And and and, and the, the same thing happens with Doc Savage because you take a pulp story out of pulp, right? It doesn't work because now we're in a superhero story. They're not these guys aren't superheroes like what we expect. There there is still sort of the guy Doc's, that got it right. Doc Doc and the Shadow are probably the closest to superheroes. Yes, but the guy but, that gets it right honestly was Alan Moore with Tom Strong. Yes. You know that there's they're science heroes. They're yes. not superheroes. And I'll still go. And I think what you had put on our gift guide, and there may still be time to order in time for Christmas or afterwards. Oh yeah, is yes that uh, is the DC showcase which reprinted those black and white issues. They're awesome. And uh, and I also would recommend because DC got the rights. They're not bad. The four adaptations of novels that Marvel did as a regular twenty cent comic book with Ross Andrews art. So they did. Um, Death and Silver. They did Man of Bronze, Man Death of and Silver. Uh, I can't remember what the third one was. And the last one was Brand of the Werewolf because it, it introduced Pat. Right. That was the weakest one. I oh, think. the Monsters. They did the Monsters. The monsters. So um, it, it was the weakest one, but it still, it was fun. Oh, the art, they, they got it, it right. The art was really bad in that issue. Yeah. Maybe rushed because yeah. certainly they run out of budget. But I, I, they certainly did... Enough to get me excited. I, I agree entirely. You know, I, so. but I would I would buy the uh, the showcase first, and then if you yeah, those are the best original stories. But if you're interested, because the average person is going to have a difficult time finding Doc Savage novels. Well, go to Nostalgia Ventures and buy the uh, pulp magazines. The magazines, because yeah. then those are really cool. Because you get the original covers, or you, and some of you get the Bama covers from the paperbacks, and inside it's just like you're reading the original pulp. Uh, Pulp books, including all the the layout of the pages. Yeah, but I don't know that people want that. It's kind of cool. They like reading. uh, I think uh, to a newcomer, I'm recommending pick up a novel that looks like a novel in the form you're you're familiar with. Okay, we'll get back. Are those on Kindle? Are there any? Oh yeah. Oh no, they're um, all the wild adventures of Doc Savage are on Kindle. Okay, but those are the Will Murray uh, editions later. Yeah, and uh, the Will Murray ones are really. Quite, quite good. I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't mean to besmirch them. I'm just saying. No, I, I, but uh, I, I actually know somebody who has all of them on ebook, but I can't remember if he said whether or not they were uh, 
they were on the up and up or if they'd fallen into public domain oh, or what. I don't I don't think he has yet. I'm not sure. But anyway, let's wake let's wake Nate back up because we talked about a character that I know he he uh knows not not much of. Was it time to talk about Doctor Who now? Uh no. <laughs> it's time to go through our bags and like highlight this week's releases, what we ah, think yeah, are, yeah. Uh, are the uh most worthwhile mentioning most worth mentioning. Not necessarily the most worthwhile books because we don't know. We have not had a chance to read this week's. It's releases. like a. This is like a, judging the covers. This is uh, which we do very well yes. and very often. So, you want me to go first? Yeah, I only have two. Okay, so Batman and Two Face. This has been a nice uh, run on the old Batman and Robin book. Our friend Nick uh, Mick Gray is uh, doing the inks on this, and this cover is just awesome. It's a Batman cowl. Half torn away with two faces, ragged face on one side. I just side. wish we had Robin back. Thanks. I I wish so too. But in the meantime, I'm in, I'm digging this this uh, arc of uh, okay. the story. Um, okay, uh, I picked up Animal Man, which shows Animal Man facing down against looks to me kind of like Dark Side. Uh, wow! But uh, you know, I'll see. I, I'm a couple issues behind. But the reason it's worth mentioning is this has been a really because yeah, Dark Side is huge in in yeah. the new. Uh, this has been, uh, you know, one an incredibly enjoyable book uh, under Scott's uh, under Jeff Lemire, and I really like this this arc because it's treating uh, Animal Man, who'd been an out of work actor, and he's been nominated for an Oscar. And as I mentioned a few couple months ago, like I thought Lemire handled the the thing that I've never seen any other writer do is like in this Twitter feed age, you know, a sighting of a superhero could actually get in the way of the superhero because people are going to tweet and show up and try to be right. looky loose. Um, but it's still me- uh, worth mentioning because it's going to end with issue number 29. Not because it's not selling well, but I give kudos. One of the few correct things with DC is they've assigned Snyder, uh, sorry, Lemire. I keep, because Scott Snyder right, and Jeff right. Lemire were, you know, they were writing Swamp Thing and, and Animal Man together. They were uh, Jeff Lemire, they assigned him to write a new Justice League book. Okay, and so he realized with his workload he couldn't do Animal Man as well. So they're going to close the book. They're going to close the book down, and Animal Man will join the new Justice League team. And so Lemire is still remaining the official scribe of Animal Man. That's cool, and also it's one of those things where you go out on top, right? The book hasn't yes. gone downhill at all. And I'd rather that happen, yeah. Than you get stuck in a book that you've suddenly realized you've you've been buying for about a year too long. And you don't care what happens from month to month, and I, you I, know, you know, I'd rather miss it. Which is what happened years ago oh yeah. with Sandman. When Sandman ended on on Neil Gaiman's terms, it was like, no, no, I was so sad. But then I realized now it's that like, oh, right thank God that they did, because Swamp Thing after what's his name uh, left, um, not after Moore, but uh, the guy who followed him. Um, um, oh. oh. I'm having a difficult time with names tonight. It must be the cinnamon whiskey. It is. Uh, but anyway. Uh, but they went on. It went past. Rick Veitch. Rick Veitch. Well, yeah. after Rick Veitch left and Mark Millar, a young Mark Millar, yeah. being uh, boosted by Grant Morrison, it still went on too long. Like they, Because, you know, Moore had said everything you could say for that time. Yes. Veitch found some new things, but it was over, you know. And it, was, it just it should have ended on a, my God, that was fantastic note. And yeah. You know. But you really can't do that in, in comics all that much because you have to introduce the character in a new book to maintain copyright and stuff. 
Yeah, well, you can let it fade for a few years. That's why Swamp Thing keeps right, coming right. back. That's why I mean, you, you you're going to bring it back eventually. But wait till somebody has an idea. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I, that's what I'm saying. So uh, I'm all for this. So Animal Man, there I have it. All right, go ahead. And on that on that, how note, many though, rounds are we doing here? Well, uh, do you have? Go ahead, give me one. How many how I many rounds are we two, doing? I only have two, but I've got a couple. But uh, I but I wanted to say on that note, uh, for me, Green Lantern finally went like three issues too far into the crap zone, and so I dropped it this week. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, I dropped it with Jeff Johns because of yeah. he. I went all through his epic. He's made his statement. I tried to give the new uh, stuff uh, try yeah. and no, just couldn't just, do it. All right, just wouldn't go. Get ahead, get ahead, Nate. Daredevil. Ah, mm-hmm. people jump on because it's going to get a rebut. Uh, you know, we mentioned it. it's going to get a relaunch. But might as well enjoy. What I don't understand that relaunch still to this day because they're changing it to San Francisco. They want to have a new thing because suddenly Daredevil's in the news, and you have a number one. I think. Tom but it's going to go digital, and then it's going to go. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. But Tom Brevoort said gave some interview where he said, like, you know, traditional numbering is a quaint relic of the past, and people are understanding. It's like they're really paying attention to the volumes idea. Interesting, you know, a variety of volumes. So now I get that, but I don't understand because f- the way I understand it is so after this current Daredevil run yes. comes to an end, it's going to be a digital Daredevil, right? But then it's coming back to print Daredevil again. Well, they'll print the digital stuff. Well, here, here's what I think, Nate, is that Mark Wade said he was going to leave. They made plans to to have a different team take over, and then. Um, and then they, uh, Mark Wade came back. So wait a minute, I have another idea. And you know, Wade's, uh, Wade's done that a few times in his career. You know, he left and returned to Justice League, and uh, there were other reasons for that. But it still was like you know, he left and went. Yeah, now it's time to jump. And then realized maybe I shouldn't jump. And you know, he's also very famously now recanted his statement that print was dead. Actually, there are two books that I can think of that do digital. Uh, for a long time, and then then they they just do the graphic novel. Oh yeah, well DC is doing a lot of those. But uh, okay, so Smallville does that, but they do that. Uh, Smallville, they do that Arrow, two books, Batman, Little Gotham. Right, but I'm going to graphic novels, to okay. bigger books. Uh, the first one is um, Girl Genius. Girl Genius, sure. By Phil Foglio. Yeah. And the other one is uh, Pang, the Wandering Monk, by a guy named Ben Costa. Ben Costa. <laughs> Who uh, every couple of years puts wow, out a new so, volume? Well, but we've all we've known for a long time that Nate doesn't understand his brother's business model. Uh, so, My brother has no business model. Well, because you're the talkative Costa, you know. So uh, the, we understand that. I, I, in fact, I believe I, on the podcast I listened to two weeks ago, I ripped into your brother for you. <laughs> <laughs> in a kind and, and in a kind and loving way, because I, I really think your brother's cool, um, and. And I've got those volumes sitting next to my bed waiting for that moment that I, probably this weekend, I will actually get to pick them up and read them. I'm so excited. Uh, so what? Uh, so Rick's next one. So the next one, we've got uh, Harley Quinn number one, no I longer did, under I, zero. I skipped it. Uh, I'm going to give this a chance. All right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put zero behind me and, uh, and give, me, give uh, Harley a chance. I don't know. I've, I've never stuck with any of the prior um, books. I oh, the Harley Harley, and then there was Harley and Harley Ivy. Ivy. I actually um, read all those, and I enjoyed them. Yeah. And I suddenly realized one of the things that I, why I didn't buy it, 
I I realized I don't. Oh, it's so shallow. You don't care. <laughs> no, I don't like. I I I mean, they can do what they want. Whether I I don't care that way, but it's again, I don't like the look of her. Yeah. As opposed to the old classic, and I and right. like and I like Amanda Pon- uh, Connor's art. I think they're trying to cut the difference between the uh, video game Harley yeah. and the prior Harleys. It's too Harajuku for me. Yeah. Okay. So you know, I, I wasn't there. Um, the other thing I picked up just because, again, I, and I'll constantly be touting them is uh, is Batman sixty six because this has like two of the great. Uh, Ty Templeton and uh, Ted Knife are doing art inside. Oh, really, Ted? Yeah, Ted's doing art inside, and two villains that I just love that are never in comic is uh, Bookworm. So Bookworm, Roderick yeah, Cowell, I saw that cover. Uh, and Olga, Queen of the Cossacks. Wow. So I mean, really going deep. And I that just, is so crazy. <laughs> Warner Fox, stop fighting! Let me have my DVD collection. <laughs> I want my Batman's on Blu-ray, please. But this is please. even crazier than the uh, Batman TV show. No, I love these books. Yeah. I love these books. I didn't realize Ted Knife is in it. I'm gonna have to go pick that one yeah, up. Which, not having looked at it, but just thinking his style, perfect, perfect. fit yeah. for what they've been doing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love it. Go, Nate. Go. Secret. Ah, yeah, that's I picked that up too. Okay. How many months has it been since uh, issue three? <laughs> I think the issue three was in August, yeah. or it must have been July or August. Yeah. Yeah. This is what August is the cover month, which but... is making a good argument for this book to be purchased in the graphic novel form. Because yeah. I can't, I can't freaking tell you what happened to the prior issue. Well, and that's the and that's the problem is I is I wish that a creator could afford to do it that way. Because there's so, we're seeing yeah. so many yeah. that it's it's so much time passed, uh, and it's not like like say reading a novel trilogy, because if you read a novel, right, all right, and then a year passes, it's okay because you had this big chunk earlier. Yeah. So I'd love people to be able to just get their graphic novel, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Other anyway. insights, Nate? We we kind of took that one over from you. Sorry, we do that. Uh, I don't know. I haven't read it. All right. It's got a, like most of the new Hickman stuff, it's got a really sparse cover, this kind of tree and stars behind it, kind of maybe just tree blossoms. Yeah. What else do you have there? Oh, of course. I have that as well, but there's just a couple I mentioned. Saga issues continues to be great. 10 grand with the new artist, uh, with uh, Smith as doing, taking over for Temple Smith. But Temple Smith still got the cover going on. Temple Smith does have a new. Kickstarter. Yes, I know he has a new book coming. Squidly or something like that? Yes. Squidler. Um, yes. Then, I still haven't given this up. Forever Evil, Trinity of Sin, Pandora, number okay, six. Okay, so here's my thinking on this. I'm going to catch up over vacation. Yeah. And then I'm sure that it'll still be on the shelf if I decide that I am enjoying it and <laughs> want to go you're back. probably correct. But it was one of those books I was realizing. It's like, I have no idea if I like this or not because I have about four issues backed up i can't i can't justify buying this since the since the question showed up and i don't like the way they're doing the question but since he showed up yeah. if i didn't have a prior version of the question i liked better i'd probably be okay with it and i think the story got better and the reality is again for a lot of readers there isn't a prior version of the question you like yeah. better because renee montoya as the question wasn't good no 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 so yeah, the prior prior version of the, the question. The prior prior, the Dennis O'Neill, the Denny O'Neill one. Awesome. 
you know, back in the 80s, that was awesome. And then one, one last uh, comment, Uncanny X-Force, which I was just about ready to drop, but apparently so is Marvel. This is the last issue of this run. Okay. They're going to reboot the whole X-Force part of this. They read your mind. Uh, with uh, Cable and everybody coming back into a real X-Force, and that All might right. be cool. All right, so anything else on your bag, Nate, that you feel must speak of? Uh, Saga was the last one I was going to mention. Okay, well, we're, we continue thinking that is a great book. Yep. Um, you know, and it's all transition because, you know, I t- a couple weeks ago, and it was the podcast I was listening to over the weekend, was when I talked about the Bye-bye. the book of the year was uh, The Fifth Beetle by uh, Vivek oh, yeah, yeah. Suwari, the Brian. who is, uh, by the way, I didn't realize, had been one of, is one of the producers on um, American Idiot, the Broadway musical. And so, uh, hence, he's got some pretty good music credentials. Are they making a movie of that, or is it coming back around locally? It's coming back around locally, okay. but I want to say, here's the transition to movies, that it, they are indeed moving forward with a film adaptation, and they're looking at Peyton Reed, who uh, directed Down With Love, to direct The Fifth Beetle, and I think it's a fantastic choice. Right. If, the, if this comes together... It would be the movie I would probably be looking forward to the most. Um, because Peyton Reed also at one point had what had been tapped to direct Fantastic Four. Hmm. And his take was going to set it in the 60s and essentially make, this, make the Fantastic Four like the Beatles, being super famous. Right. And what would it be like to be the most beloved heroes on the planet? And I thought, and when you, saw, when you see Down With Love, and some people like... Like it, some people don't like it. I really like it. When you see it, it's the style is so good. And if he's going to take bring that style to this movie, it's it's going to work. It's just it's going to work for it's, me, and that's all I care about. It's funny because some of the early uh, '60s Fantastic Four did ha- did explore that a bit. Exactly. With them so going like the, the wedding, and, like the yeah, wedding yeah. issue, and all that. So you know, it, it's it would have been a great idea. Yeah. So um, this is as close as we're going to get with the Beatles. If you can't have the Fantastic Four, might as well have the Fab Four. Local news, uh, Candlestick Park is probably going away soon, but Sir Paul McCartney is uh, looking into performing at Candlestick Park before it does. No, I hadn't heard that. Noteworthy because that's that's the the last place place the Beatles performed. Wow, if indeed it is Sir Paul McCartney and not his doppelganger after he died in 1966. Indeed. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, And here, Nate. You ready for this? Because I think you meant, I know you posted on Facebook that uh, an actual major casting announcement occurred today before we recorded the podcast instead of tomorrow afterwards. Tomorrow, though, we can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want to announce it, Nate? Sure. Yes. Go ahead. Can we get a drum roll, please, gentlemen? In post. Coming soon to theaters near you. Yes. Paul Rudd Ant Man. Ah, uh, yes. I love it. I know it was rumored, and now even the Variety article says he's in talks. And it, and, and I knew it was going to happen because a day ago he started denying it. Yeah. And as soon as he started denying it, like no, they're talking to him. And uh, you so, know what's funny about that is whenever he goes on Conan O'Brien, I know it's been all over Facebook. Okay. I don't think that's going to be anything new to our. I've seen it like in seven different presentations on Facebook uh, of, of that. I've seen it on Conan O'Brien. Yeah, well, 
Oh, how how cute! You're someone who still stays up late and watches I television. Do. I get up late uh, too. Did yeah. you guys see me on Conan O'Brien? I did. I, I saw the screenshot you posted. That was awesome. You wanted to hug it fun. out. Yeah. I did. We had a plan to hug it out, and nobody else raised their arms to hug it out. If I had been there with you, Nate, I would have. Yeah, but you. Don't I appreciate include, that. You don't include me in the hip things, you know, because you go. He's old. I know. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Were you in town on a Monday, <laughs> December 6th or whatever it was? Look, that's not the point. Could have been. <laughs> Could have been. If someone had said, hey, Derek, you want to be in town? Probably not, but still. You know, it's nice to be at. Okay, anyway. Um, so I'm very excited about that. The other person who had been rumored to be playing, and we don't know if he's actually Hank Pym or Scott Lang or the in or the new one. Um, yeah. The... Uh, but bothered. I think I, I mean, I'm arguing on another Facebook for, uh, friends uh, thread with David J. Fowley, our, our Chicago film critic. Um, we're not arguing; we're actually, I think, on the same side, which is that I don't care if Paul Rudd doesn't physically resemble Hank Pym. The way Mark Wade just rewrote him for Avengers AI, yeah, I could really see Paul Rudd being that take on the character. I don't really think there is a physical take on Ant Man. Really, been pretty consistently blonde, he's, and you know, he's bland. He, he is he's a pretty, pretty consistent blend into the crowd. But I of. could see Paul Rudd. Oh yeah, giving something really new to the idea of the scientist who thinks science is fun. Fun. You know, and, and it could be really fun yeah. and funny, right. and then stuck in an espionage and all kinds of crazy like ideas, things yeah. he does with being able, being able to shrink or shrink things, and yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. But the other person who had been rumored to be up for the part was Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who on Monday was announced is uh, in talks to direct right. and star as Morpheus in the Sandman adaptation. And that David S. Goyer wrote an outline, but he's hoping to lure Neil Gaiman himself to script uh, the film adaptation. So I don't know how I feel about that, because I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is an okay actor. I'm trying to picture him as Morpheus, and I'm having a difficult time. I want, I want, I want Gaiman involved, because I want him to cameo in it. Uh, yeah, but I, I just don't... But I'm thinking, I don't know who I would like as Morpheus. So I don't know, um, I don't know who I would like better... And I didn't see Don John, so I don't know if I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a director, but I don't have anything against him, so I'm just sort of like a, eh, about the about the announcement. You, you know, know I, I can tell you who I think Hollywood might put in that role. No, and- I'll tell you who they might put in that role, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, because they're going to do it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's the problem. I don't know who, I mean, they made their, that choice. And the only reason I think it's a, I think it might be a bad choice is because Warner Brothers made the choice. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't see him I don't see him. Yeah, if I, anybody other than Warner talk Brothers, later. you know, it, I'm just saying if any other if any other executive had done it, I'd be going, oh, okay, that's probably good. But you know. I want somebody tall and slender. You know, I don't. Well, I, I think he could drop the muscle. I think he built bulk. He's bulked up for Don John. For Don John, he oh. could drop the muscle. But you're right about the tall. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he's tall. He's not tall. But if you look I stood at him next like, to him at Comic Con. But if you look at him like Inception, he's kind of wiry. I could, I could see it with makeup and maybe some kind of CG effect. I, but I, I, you know, yeah, I just don't know. Yeah. So you know, I, I welcome anybody's criticism on that. You know, I, 
I certainly the, the it, it point the, to a role that it that shows he can do it. The great thing about being a Sandman fan is that now two of us are agreeing that we're not seeing the Sandman the same way, yeah. um, which Overture proved. You know, so it's uh, you know it, it's it's good, it's cool. Um, and we've lost Nate again. I can hear him going through the potato chips. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was asleep in his own drool. Uh, it, it might be easy to be very close. Too. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so uh, we had a Dawn of the Planet of the Apes trailer was yep. dropped this week. Did you see it? I oh, did. I wanted to watch that before this started. It was nicely disturbing. Yeah, it's they've taken an entirely different swing on it than yeah the other movies, and I think that might work for it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we get to your review, I want to go to like all the upcoming things. Sure, sure, talk, sure. You know. Um, you know, also dropped this week is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty open, opening next week, which I've had a lot of people online going like, oh, this is going to be dumb. A lot of people hate Ben Stiller. But the thing I want to mention about it is that there's a misleading... Excellent Ben Stiller interview on Howard Stern today. Was yeah. there? Okay. I, but I was going to talk about... Did you know, talk about the movie? There's a misleading... Yeah. There's a misleading headline about this guy. Like It makes it sound like this guy totally blew the promotional budget on helping people in the Philippines, but if you actually watch the video, it was that Fox hired him to do a promotional, like they've got this Live Your Dreams thing, and his dream was, was to go and, and provide relief, which I think may actually fit in with one of the major plot points of the film, which is different, obviously, from the Thurber story. Oh, yeah. Um, but that he used the $25,000 they would have spent on a promotional video to go and buy some food supplies for us people that are starving in the Philippines as a result of the typhoon. So I thought, you know, I, I mean, it really was like I, I was going, I don't care if you think the movie sucks. I'll go see the movie now. It's like just it's, to support that kind it's of it's like behavior. my wanting to buy Fast and Furious six on Blu-ray. Right. I have no doubt that I really wouldn't enjoy the film, but I just feel so bad, at, you know, and, and I want to support. And it's like, ah. So, I mean, here it is. I, I actually am looking forward to the movie, but but there was a chance the studio, for whether you think the right or wrong reason, did the right thing. The movie and looks I, beautiful. I, the I think it looks beautiful. I like amazing. Ben Stiller as director. Yeah. How was the interview this morning, Nate? It was good. It was a good interview. Very, a uh, lot of stuff about how the movie got made and how, you know, Ben Stiller goes about getting stuff done yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so um anyway uh let's see what else uh oh uh joaquin phoenix i don't think we got you got this note down but i i got it is that he's been tagged to play uh they're looking to try to cast him as the main villain now of superman versus ben. i don't know who's not in this movie now <laughs> uh, <laughs> But Joaquin, a cast of thousands. But Joaquin Phoenix would be, uh, I guess, a good. Ca- I don't know who he's playing. You know, if if are they going to make him Lex Luthor? Well, he could be an interesting Lex. Could Luther. be an interesting Lex Luthor. You know, so I don't know, but uh, just there. It's that, an out there choice, not unlike the guy that they got to play the Joker in the Batman film, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm all for. I'm I'm for out there choices. Yeah. You know, and I want to say because like last week when I was talking about that uh, Max Landis thing. It turns out that's actually getting the Joker thing that Jock's doing. That's not a graphic right. novel. It's going to be one of the online adventures of Superman, which will then be reprinted later. 
but now that's one I want to go and buy because the art looked intriguing and I want to see what Superman is going to do against eight different versions of the Joker. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, that's cool. Um, trailer drop for Edge of Tomorrow, which should have been All You Need Is Kill, starring Tom Cruise, but but uh, the studio didn't trust that that was a, a title that anybody would want to see. Except if you say All You Need Is Kill, every man in America suddenly gets a boost of testosterone. I don't know. I kind of like the other title better. Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah. Well, it's it's a time travel, looping Groundhog Day kind of movie. I know, but All You Need Is Kill sounds so macho. It does. Everything that Tom Cruise wants to convince us he is. Yeah. I'm just not sure it's what they're trying to do in the movie. <laughs> I, I don't care. I know, I know. <laughs> I just hate when it gets... Edge of Tomorrow is on a bad... It just feels very gem, um, generic. It's, it sounds like a classic science fiction story. Because it could, be, it could be Edge of Tomorrow. It could be a sci-fi story. Yeah. It could be a romantic comedy or romantic drama. It could be a soap opera. It could be a lot of things. All you need is kill. Okay. Is, no, that, it narrows that could, it down. That could be a Tarantino film. That could be, uh, you know... But Edge of Tomorrow could not be... Okay. A Tarantino film, unless you misspelled that's tomorrow. True. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because uh, you can't spell. Anyway, uh, and uh, why don't we go talk about The Hobbit, and then we can talk about Shia LaBeouf, the idiot. So let's go with The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> so The Hobbit 2, uh, Desolation of Smog. 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 We're getting smog, smog in our valley here today. Smog. Um, smog. Uh, the... Uh, I film. believe it's pronounced Schmerg. Schmerg. No. Uh, the desolation of... Let me quote Caesar from Rise movie. of the Planet of the Apes. No. Okay. So the film is beautiful. It is... Uh, you're back in Middle Earth, but unlike the first film, this thing is condensed down. There are no long Dwarven songs, although I enjoyed that part. There were a lot of people who didn't. Um, the The... It takes up with a flashback that uh, they don't do a recap or anything. They, they do a flashback to a scene that happened before the first movie and then cut into the movie where it picks up where the first movie ended. Okay. A um, couple of good things. Only one really silly scene that in the middle of a battle. You remember in the first film, there were all kinds of falling scenes where they'd bounce off of walls. Oh, oh yes. They'd go I, like I 50 stories down into the Dwarven, and they'd end up... I felt that it was very Entirely safe. It was, it was very repetitive. It was very cartoony. And there's only one scene like that in this. I'm not going to say too much. It involves a river and some barrels. But that's right out of the novel. Uh, not the part I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, but uh, the the it's right out of the Lego set I bought my son for Christmas. Yeah, um, there's an Iron Man homage in there. I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. Uh, well, and, if Iron Man is in it, then indeed. we're <laughs> suddenly He's made out of wood. Suddenly, it made more. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, I want to see Sherlock. January first. We'll get 1st. to it. Shush. Uh, Really, really, baby, really, really good uh, vocal. It's hard to say. He's not acting, right? He's only he's doing the vocal acting for for the dragon, um, and the dragon itself is incredibly magnificent. Although you're kind of wondering why the hell he isn't eating more people that he's 
right in front of and doesn't care about. Well, having just read the novel, I know. But, you know, the, thi- the thing is, I, you know, again, we, we Luke and I just finished it. So I'm, I'm, this is my sight unseen. Have not seen it. Plan to see it right. this weekend when I have, it, when I have my son. Um, now my criticism of the novel is realizing that it was meant for children and that's okay, is that, is that a, a, it's sort of like the novel is like the remake of V. Okay. <laughs> in that, in that everything that everything that they talk about having had happened, yes, is far more interesting than what's actually, actually happening, happening in the novel. So the movie, I think, is now I get it, showing the things that that Tolkien was really only alluding to. True, true. Except for we have Legolas, who is not in the original story, and but there is a son of the King of the Elves, and they're not named. So Jackson right. just made went took ahead and made you know, and, so and made the step. And the so step if he, and they introduced a brand new character for him to have uh, some kind of unrequited uh, the girl from Lostalus. Right. Uh, um, but uh, Angel, uh, Evangeline Evan- Lily. Evangeline Lily, who is breathtakingly beautiful in this, and yeah. and really, I don't, I don't. The elf, the elven stuff in this. Remember when Legolas slid down the front of the mammoth's trunk? How could we and, forget? And he does <laughs> so much more in he this. He was so whisperingly he's younger, beautiful. He's younger and more spry and more active and more able to do all that stuff than he was when he's old in, in Lord of the Rings. So, and so is she. Wow, should we, should we all be as old as <laughs> yes, Legolas? Um, so, I, I, I give it... it if you enjoyed the first movie, or if you if you suffered through the first movie, go see the second one because it's so much better. Are we? Is this going to be one of those again? I'm going to have to look back. And my recollection of your review was that you loved the first one. I yes. I, no, no. He said it was perfect. <laughs> no, 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 no. I did not just now say I didn't love the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, because uh, okay. I loved I loved Tolkien's work. I loved the voice. I love the I love the songs he wrote. I loved the dwarven singing scenes. I don't mind fact, that it was Rick slow. Rick has read the Silmarillion more than once, out loud. Um, I wish he was kidding. So, uh, so, uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, 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 now I'm the, accepting the, the fact real that, question. I'm me. accepting the fact that a lot of people didn't like the film. There are parts of the film that I didn't like. We already mentioned the crazy dwarf yeah. drop down fifty stories. I have of, a question for you. Did you catch the Stephen Colbert cameo? No, but I caught the Peter Jackson cameo. Does he just walk through and say, come to New Zealand? No, he walks in <laughs> and he bites a carrot in half and he walks out of the scene. How annoying. He's like, he's like, he's like 30 seconds into the film. Okay, well, at least it's not like... I didn't catch P- uh, Colbert. Colbert is, in, is, a lake, is a Lake Town spy. Oh. So, there, are is, a lot of, there are a lot of quick cuts on those but which guys. Which totally makes sense because... Colbert is a rabid Lord of the Rings fan, so it would make sense that, you know. Yeah. No, I, I wish I had known that. I would be watching for him. But well, the, I'm sure you're going to see it again, and I'm not saying that as an insult. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to see it again. So, yeah. I, you know, as I say, I look forward to seeing it. Uh, oh, and the, 24 fr- uh, the 44 frames per 48, second? 48. 48 frames FPS. per second does make some of the animation look a little fake, especially as it was in the first one. Long distance shots of characters on planes yeah. look like they aren't actually on that scenery and i don't know i don't know why they can't fix that before they go to the final print it has to have shown up 
I, I just I don't wonder. Understand. I just wonder if people are just used to like if the special effects artists are used to seeing it a certain way when yeah, they're they building go, it and not realizing that when you're not at, when you're not because now they're not saying 48 FPS. Now it's it's being shown in HFR high yeah. frame rate. Um, that the gestalt effect covers that would would you know for us would blur it and put it together. Right. We may be one of the most intelligent of the nerd podcasts using phrases like the gestalt effect. Persistence if long we're here. Mm. He would call me a moron and hit me. Um, anyway, uh, so <laughs> he'd call you a nerd. Speaking, yeah, he would, and then he'd go <laughs> and he'd scratch his belly. Uh, so, uh, speaking of morons, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Oh, big trouble this week, Nate. You're you're on top of this one down in Los Angeles. Oh yeah. Oh my God. So he made this short film, um, lovingly homaging. And, and anonymously homaging uh, Daniel Close, a short film about a film critic, which suddenly this week somebody noticed, even though it's been at, like, I guess it showed at Sundance and uh, was it at Toronto? And people were talking about how brilliant it was. And my God, what, an, what a fantastically brilliant emerging filmmaker Shia LaBeouf is going to be. And it's starring Jim Gaffigan, one of my favorite stand-up comics. And somebody notices this week, my gosh, it's almost word for word. Composition shot for composition shot, a Daniel Close short story. Uh, and and uh, Shia LaBeouf then suddenly made it word, password protected. Then apparently in, uh, in defending, in apologizing for plagiarizing, I apologize for anyone who made the assumption that I wrote the film uh, because huh. uh, it, the only credit he gave was Un film de Shia LaBeouf. Uh, and... Uh, Apparently, uh, even in his apology uh, for plagiarizing, plagiarized the wording of his apology. <laughs> it, it does sound like it could be some like massively constructed, broad, intentionally, you know, like except worth, that worthy. Dan, except that Daniel Close would not play the game, and Daniel Close said he had no idea about it this, until this week when somebody in Hollywood who knew his work gave him a heads up. And said, you know, you're owed money. Did you see Michael? I, and I, I never can pronounce it. Rebel? Rebel? Mike Rebel from, uh, from Cinequest. From Cinequest. What he, uh, he put a picture of Dolly's persistence. Uh, uh, persistence. And he said, ah, uh, oh, this is great. So uh, Mike Rebel from Cinequest, who we'll probably be interviewing again in a couple shortly, months. Shortly, yeah. Uh, says, put a, a screenshot of Dolly's. Persistence of vision, and how clever, uh, or what? How nice because we just referenced persistence of vision. Yes. Um, you guys may be angry at him, but I'll never forget when I met Shia LaBeouf and he made this incredible original drawing for my kids. <laughs> oh, Mike, you're so magnificently bitter. I don't know why it took us so long to become friends. Uh, if you're even listening, but uh, it, that's hilarious. Yeah, that is hilarious. So. You know, and this is not the first. So last year, Shia LaBeouf was in a production of Orphans with Alec Baldwin on Broadway and managed to do something that few people uh, have managed to do while involved in a show with Alec Baldwin, which was to appear more short-tempered and than idiotic Alec than Alec Baldwin. Nice. And I say that with love because I love Alec Baldwin. But uh, he quit Orphans and then wrote a big note of a, a letter of apology to... Alec Baldwin and the producers of Orphans 
and plagiarized that. <laughs> so it's like, is the guy living in such a bubble? Which is possible. I mean, because he's... He's been he may just have a like, brain that just, you know, he's been acting, takes stuff in and... Nobody takes stuff in word for word and goes, I, 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 I wrote this myself. Um, but he has been acting since he's 11. He may not understand the, the rules of civility <laughs> that apply or the rules of our criminal justice system exactly. that, that apply important. or copyright. Right. Um, he may think he actually swung through the trees with monkeys in the Temple of... In the uh, Crystal Skull. He did Twitter something about people not understanding the difference between homage and a uh, and, and plagiarism. Oh, no, no, no. I understand the difference. <laughs> I know. Too. Is, I, is, I, is I might take a, might do a film, short film about a similar character. Yes. And Oh, I understand it, too. That's just like. You know, but the other thing is, you know, is that is. He, he didn't ask permission. Right. And I'm sure, especially Shia LaBeouf. Uh, Daniel Close would have said, oh, it's a short story. What was I going to make? You know, it, 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 25 bucks might have done it. <laughs> you know, so yeah. um, it, it's, it's just ridiculous. And thus we move from the ridiculous to Nate's nap time. Time of the Doctor's coming on Christmas Day. And there, was night, there were two movies I wanted to plug. What do you want to talk about? So the I don't want to talk about them. The first was uh, Simon Pegg. Fantastic, the Fantastic Fear, Fear of, of Everything. everything. And and actually, I, I watched these trailers pretty close to each other. They both both have the same kind of kind of crazy special effects, and Simon Pegg as somebody on the edge of uh, edge of insanity. But that one that one just looks like a, a is Pegg it a video movie. on demand piece? Uh, you say it's releasing on iTunes. It's releasing on iTunes in January, and then it's going to theaters in February. No, then it's a video on demand piece. So yeah, any but it looks because when you say going to theaters in February, almost nobody who listens to this podcast. We'll have a theater near them, you know, so do it on... Art House Theaters then, or... San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago. That'll be it. Okay. The other one is probably going to get bigger bigger because it's Stephen Chow, the guy who did Kung Fu Hustle. Yes. Uh, Excellent film. The movie's called The Journey to the West, and this film looks uh, amazing. It's everything... Kung Fu Hustle had just some crazy, frenetic, uh, brand-new... Kung Fu moves and, and action. Uh, the um, the cast was huge. This ca- this looks like it's Kung Fu Hustle to the tenth power. And he also did Shaolin Soccer, right? I never saw another that fine film. I never saw yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. But this one's got some incredible digital effects. With um, you know, th- they've they've got all these um, Asian, um, Eastern. Uh, Godlike influences going on. The monkey god Buddha. Buddha shows up over. I mean, over or either Buddha or Krishna. I'm not sure now. Um, over Earth, like well, Galactus, which, like Galactus. One, whichever one will offend the most listeners if you say it. Well, it's 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 <laughs> hovering over Earth like Galactus and then punching it. Um, just over the top. I am so looking forward to this film. So. That I wanted to say. And will Buddha then Journey to the West. Will he face Nazis in space? I don't think so. Iron Sky 2. Journey to the... Okay. Uh, then let's go. Forget <laughs> it. Then. The time of the Doctor. What more does to say? Every single villain seems to show up in that thing. Yeah. And I saw a trailer again, which showed us those... So everything... Uh, wacky we- Peter Capaldi eyes again. Weeping Angels. Cybermen. Silence. Uh, Cybermen and uh, Daleks. Daleks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll bet that Silurians will show up there, and I'll you know for for, for grins, 
Uh, what were those shapeshifters that were just there? We just had the um, oh the uh, Zygons. Zygons, yeah. So I would bet Zygons will be there in somewhere. Possibly. You know why? They may not change into Zygons. Maybe they'll just be there. Well, you know, I mean, they spend a lot of money getting those uh, costumes looking cool, so they might want to use them one more time. Sure. Or maybe Capaldi will face them down. I don't know. Could I don't be. know. Uh, so we won't talk about it too long because we don't want Nate to fall asleep. But it's Christmas Day. And it actually is Christmas Day for us, and as opposed to, which I think we mentioned last week, we don't get Sherlock on New Year's Day, right. even though the BBC does. But uh, the, the uh, BBC America Christmas Day is going to repeat uh, time of the do- day of, Night day of, of, Doctor, Night of the, the Doctor. Doctor. Day of the Doctor. And then they'll have a special uh, goodbye to uh, Doctor Eleven, and then they'll go into the uh, Christmas special. So it's like we two might and a half ma- hours. I'm, I'm of- gonna I'm gonna say something a little risky. Yeah. We might be making this a little maudlin. It may be a little weepy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know I I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, uh, just give me the episode in which, uh, you know, uh, I, I just want to see that episode. I don't need to see. I don't need to watch the name. Uh, be given a special broadcast of the name of the do- of the time of the doctor. Yeah, or or the day of the doctor because. By that point, everybody got it for Christmas on Blu-ray, and they've already watched it three times before the broadcast will happen. How many times have you watched it? I've only watched it twice. And I've then watched, I watched it eight times. And then I watched... You have a lot of time. We've had a lot of friends over who haven't seen it. So I'd also said, like to repeat a, a phrase that I haven't said in a while. You, you, you need a day job. <laughs> Deb, Deb, when you're listening to this, when he's editing it... I should tell you some of the jobs i got lying out. Well, don't know. Can I have one of them? <laughs> are they down here i'll send you some work nate uh so um yeah although i did last night uh finish up all those retrospective half hour specials that the uh bbc was doing good stuff huh yeah yeah you know and of course i looked at my doctor who vault and i'm saying i'm 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 treasuring it in my own way but i'm looking forward to quality that's what i just want to move forward did you see the show on uh the movie about william hartnell and yes the I, said, I watched good. adventures of time and space yeah, yeah. so which Honestly, I thought it was very was modeling. and but I didn't know what else that w- it could be. I enjoyed it. It was very informative, though. I, I the the way the show came together and all the people who were involved. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, again, I, I'll stress: if you read the page, the text in the Doctor Who Vault, mm-hmm. a lot of that's there. And it, but the, but the show put faces, yeah, to them, even, and and not too far off from the actual faces. So I liked that. Um, but you know what? Ha- I mean, anytime you're putting into an hour and a half. Basically, four years of someone's life. Yep. A lot of things are going to get skipped over, and not knowing companions and not knowing things. I mean, I you know I like the I like the little touches, but there were still, it was just, there were just glimpses. So you know, and and uh, and you've seen the Five-ish Doctors? No, I haven't seen the Five-ish Doctors uh. yet. So it's not you know it's it's uh, I, I think that Adventures in Time and Space is worth watching. I don't think. That it was fantastic television. It was good television. Oh yeah, uh, um, but that's what happens with biopics like that. You yeah. know, there's always, there's always something like it's like, uh, you know, did they take too big a chunk? And you know, you feel bad, you know. But it, it's it was clever enough. It was clever enough. Yeah, they had and, a lot of. Uh, but I wouldn't show it to my kids. Yeah, because I, you know, I was hoping it would be more interesting. Them, my son is still very perplexed. He brought it up the last time I talked to him again. Is like. Why do British children like the Daleks so much? <laughs> He's really bothered by that because they scare him. Yeah. <laughs> they freak him out. But you know, so they're hardy folk, kid. I, I guess. I, is it the British are? You know, yeah, 
Because, you know, I, it's because of the Blitz. I totally go with it's the Blitz. They grew up. There's a whole Read Mary Poppins. That's a scary book. Oh, jeez. No, I, I, I've never read Mary Poppins. So, um, anyway, uh, I did want to mention just last week that uh, I watched the Big Bang Theory. I did, too. Hollywood uh, holiday episode. And uh, I still, uh, we haven't talked about it in a long time. Because when it first came on, we were like, yeah, they get us. I still get, it's like. I still remember the the night I sat you and and Goodson oh, yeah. down. Oh yeah, to watch yeah, it. no, absolutely. Years ago, and I'm grateful for it. I enjoy the show, but I still don't like the way they portray the comic book culture. Yeah, you know, I don't know any any store owner, especially not in Los Angeles, right, who is as pathetic as Stewart is. Yeah, and he's clearly a he's a decent comedian. I like give him something to do besides being a loser. Because comics, sorry guys, com- you know why is that show the number one in America? Because comics are big. Yeah. Stop pretending like it's this weird little subculture and everybody reading it is a freak. Yeah. So, anyway, I just had to get it out of my system. Well, I thought it was it was an it was a funny episode. Interesting kind of take. One on of the, the best fat suits I've ever seen. Oh yeah. My God, the fat suit makeup was fantastic. They, they got their they get their use of those too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the, 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 the post credit, the post credit scene was, uh, yes, was particularly good, but the, um, uh, the, the whole, it's a wonderful life, uh, take yeah. on, on storytelling and having everybody tell each other, tell the other person's story as they, well, that's why Stuart was funny to me was yeah. a, in, inserting himself, <laughs> inserting into, himself the into the stories. <laughs> so <hilarious>. meta, <laughs> uh, there was cleverness to it. So, uh. And then, uh, in video games, want to mention that Walking Dead Season 2 is about to begin? Yes. Uh, all right. Do either of you guys have a Steam account? I do. Nate? No. Okay. Then, uh, Rick, I'll be forwarding you an email tonight, and, okay. you, and you get Chapter 1. Cool. So, I, did, I, did the fir- I did the first couple episodes in Season 1. So all right. You're getting, you're getting, you're getting uh, Chapter 1. Do you know is it a continuation of the first season story? I don't know how the first season ended. Okay. The, uh, which is available. Like, you can get it on PS3 and oh, yeah. Xbox 360. But I, I, you know, look, I won't watch the show. You think I'm going <laughs> to play the game? Uh, it's a, a pretty scary a game, A friend too. of mine gave me uh, The Last of Us. And oh. that's, that's kind of sitting unwrapped by my bed. <laughs> like going, that, is, that is selling PS3s. Uh, well, I know it's supposed to be a great game, but it's like, okay... What day during Christmas vacation where it'll be well lit? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and you won't have. Am I going to play this? <laughs> so it's true. Uh, but I think it's inspired a Lego set. Um, so now is the moment that I've been waiting for for a couple of weeks. It it almost truly, this gift that I'm about to give Rick will almost make all the car trouble, the uh, eight or nine hundred dollars worth of car repairs that it took me to get You're back. A lot from of Long pressure Beach. on me. I no no no. <laughs> It's worth it. Okay. You're going to enjoy this gift. Big so yeah, it's in a bag. What's the bag say? Oh, it's the... Uh, it's it was the, the, uh, the Blacklist uh, gift bag from who is Comic-Con. Re- who is Red Reddington? Reddington. Who is Ultron? And uh, so... Uh, so you're, you're, uh, uh, you're may, handing me the bag. You may keep the it's, bag. It's a very light bag. It's a, but the gift is something... It's got Red evil. Reddington on both sides. I'm, I'm setting it down. I'm gently inserting... Ah! No, I'm just if only, my, if only, putting my hand in, and I'm pulling it out. It looks uh, like it, looks uh. like it's upside down, which means it's a, in a 
It's in a uh, sleeve. It looks like a print, but I'm looking at the back of it, so I'm going to flip it's it around. Blank. Is that the top? There you go. There That's you go. The top. Oh, that is cool. I I actually have seen this. Damn it! And it I it is really really super cool. This is this is a uh, a Batman homage to the paintings in the haunted mansion in the elevator entryway. Mm-hmm. And so you've it's got like the stretching. Uh, this is this room. is really really awesome. And I know exactly where you, where I'm going to put this. I know you've been in my bathroom. This is really awkward. <laughs> And I know you've been in the bathroom with the door closed, so you've seen the There's painting Medusa. that's behind yes, so the, the four, yes. the four yeah, stages well, of Medusa. Which is, which is why I, I thought of you. When so I, I think this will probably uh, – Medusa may move to another room so this can go nearby it. This is really awesome. Thank you ever so much. You are welcome. I, I am. I, I, I love the subtlety of the last one where they're, they're, they're in the mud, but it's really clay face down yes. in the lower yeah, right-hand no, corner. It's a, it's, a, it's a great – and uh, even even this, which is a, a take back to the the head statues in the uh, cemetery. Right. Well, no, but the, but the head statue is in is, the is in the stretching room as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I say there were two they, that was running around, and there was somebody else had an Adventure Time version of it. Uh, but I felt that Adventure no, Time is, was not the awesome. same thing thank as you, the DC thank villain you very one. Much. So I saw so, that and felt that was very uh, very Rick. And I will put a citation as the actual artist. Should anybody want to check him out on. Uh, whatever he, wherever his site is. Oh, this is, and Rick is giving me his gift. Nate is going to get a gift next week off the air, so don't think that we, we don't like Nate. It's just that he's digital right now to us. Uh, but he'll be joining us, uh, next Friday at Seven Stars, right? Um, is the plan? Yes. After Christmas, uh, for, um, for Liguisa Corndogs. In which case, at that time, we, uh, I will be presenting Nate with a gift, and Rick will probably be. So there's several things in there. You need to pull one out each time, and I'll explain okay, what okay. they are. Be careful. Okay. Uh, they are weighty. They are very weighty. Okay. Are they gold ingots? Because that would be fantastic. Not, right not really. No. Um, this is in Japanese. Shakespeare Kaduta. Uh, it's a CD. There's. There's a jester. It's a card game with Shakespearean quotes on it. It's from a Japanese company. It's never been made in the U.S. And there's a CD version of it also in the box. Okay, are there? It's in English though, right? So I yeah, can you play. can play it. In, it's in okay. English. And I, you, you told me you had never time to play any games, and this is one that I expect you can play with your students when you're doing Shakespeare stuff. Okay. So I, I thought, okay, this this is this the time when he could potentially. This is perfect. I have one class left before Christmas, and we were just wrapping up Shakespeare. This and it's a simple fun. enough game you can explain it really easily. This to could them. be very fun. So very that was fun. that was one of uh, however many there are in that bag. Wait, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm trying to keep it by the tissue paper. Um, this is like Christmas in my uncle's house, and everybody else is getting gifts, so the listeners, you know, don't go. Uh, Shots or Scott's original miscellany, uh, the kind of books that I enjoy. Yeah, I, I figured uh, this was the perfect uh, for the. Uh, no, you know, here I'm going to go one step further. I cannot believe, truthfully, that you just because I just listened to an NPR special on Disneyland where they interviewed Cory Doctorow, who is currently an artist in residence at the Disney Studio. Uh huh. And I just the person who told me about the podcast. I said on Monday morning. I really need to get a copy of Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom, and I need to read it. So here, Cory Doctorow's Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom. I, 
that's that is astounding because I, I, I mean I really have just said to to somebody this is the next book I was going to buy. It did seem kind of perfect for you. Oh my gosh! Wow! Wow! Thank you. Uh, and the other one, and not to not to undersell it, but no. that, but that was uh, just flip through the shots. The uh, original. It's uh, perfect for the. Uh, well, these are the books I like that are full of little interesting uh, animal ages. Ooh. Victorian timetable of family mourning, uh, degrees of Freemasonry, Garcia and I are in competition, <laughs> Knights of the Round Table, the Apostles, systems of government, some left-handers, my name is not in here, but it should be, uh, if you sneeze, oh, I didn't know this, if you sneeze on Monday, you sneeze for danger, all right, uh, there are winds. Uh, adult dentition this is a fantastic book of of completely useful and useless things at the same at the time. same time yes perfect uh reading for when you wake up in the middle of the night and you which does happen yeah wait there's still more good lord yeah uh, all right all right uh, oh 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 you bought me skull island the doc savage uh doc versus king kong novel we were Talking about Doc up front, and here it is. Also, sort of, not necessarily the next book I was going to buy, but the, but definitely the first of the Will Murray Doc Savages that I would have bought. It, uh, it, it is a pinnacle in that, uh, so excellent. In that series so far. Is, is Patricia Savage in this one? Because I don't I, think she is. She's in the next one. Because I do, I do love Patricia Savage, and there's something. So soft. this is the last, last of the, okay. Uh, okay. of the. Uh, and this is, is this a Supergirl shirt? No. No. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I just saw a lot of white. Uh, oh, good! I do love these costume shirts. There you so go. So it is the uh, the plastic man was just. Uh, oh, I the, have the, I have the plastic man one. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why I gave it to you. That's right, you did. Yes, um, <laughs> and you gave me the one of the doctors, the eleventh doctor one, the black and white one. Yes, I did. Yes, for my birthday yeah. a couple years ago. So yep. I I bought the David Tennant one, and so which. Nobody gets what it is, but they all think I'm extremely well-dressed when I'm wearing it. Yeah. Uh, so this would be Clark Kent uh, taking a shirt off, and there's the Superman underneath. This is fantastic. Each tea is unique. The dye sublimation creates slight imperfections that are unique to each garment. In other words, we couldn't get our quality control yeah. down. <laughs> and by the way, this is not bulletproof. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Usage of the S symbol does not imply that you are invulnerable now. Uh <laughs> So thank you. Wow. All right. There you go. Excellent. So there. Uh, yeah, we're at the end. Of, I have nothing else. Nate, do you have anything uh, burning on your list? I do not. Other than somebody down here needs to hire me. I know. I know. Actually, I you might, don't know what you're missing if I'm not working for you. That's uh, true. I might be able to talk to you about some about that in a little bit. Oh. Uh, so anyway, uh, but in the meantime, we say uh, this will probably be the last podcast before Christmas. So we wish uh, those your of you Merry who, Christmas. Those of you who celebrate Christmas, we hope that it is a fantastic one. Those of you who do not celebrate Christmas, we hope you have a good week off. Uh, and, uh, Go see a movie, or at least a couple days off. A couple some of Chinese days. food. Oh, that's true. You know, I realized Lon does not have Monday off, and I was like, I, I don't know why that was so stunning to me. 
but we were shooting, <laughs> you know. I, no, I really don't know. I, like, I get used to everybody having kind of like the school vacation. Yeah, thing. well, you got a lot of school if, teacher friends. Yeah, you school guy over here. If I was still at, uh, yeah, no, 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 I totally Disney get it. Consumer right. Products. I would have had to been there Monday, right? Yeah. Monday and then half day to, on Christmas to, Eve. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I realize that it's like, and I because here I am, always telling people that around me. It's like, let's not get too much in our bubble. You got to remember, you're in a bubble. You're in a bubble, and then it was like, ah, the bubble burst on me on Monday night because we were filming the latest. Uh, you know, Mormon versus Fanboy, and we we're talking about next Monday. And I said, you know, uh, there may be a Moron versus Fanboy that films next Monday, but I don't think I'll be in it because I got my kids. So you know, we were, and it was like, what? You guys have to work? What? Suckers. Oh. You know, <laughs> it was like, so hope you have a couple of good days off. Uh, you know, I hope that you that you all all the listeners, especially sponsor of the week, Brian K. Shimada. Uh, and anybody else, you know, um, grateful that you're all with us this far and, uh, and keep up with it. And uh, so, of course, you can listen to us on iTunes. Uh, we also did have a, you know, mention, I, I do want to say, because Ron Talbot wrote into me about iTunes. Uh, he was having the same problem that everybody else seems to be. Oh, yeah. If you feel that your iTunes stops refreshing, unsubscribe and resubscribe. I don't, we don't know what. I, I would say it's three steps. Unsubscribe, delete all the existing downloaded podcasts that okay. you have, then resubscribe and refresh the podcast. See, and here's the thing: is it's not happening for everybody. We don't yeah. know what the problem is yet, uh, because it's not happening for me. And for God's sake, if anybody was going to be suffering from this issue, it would be me. It may have happened when with one of the more recent uh, iTunes updates, and it may have happened just on Mac. I'm not sure. But oh, I, you know, I wonder. I do. I yeah. don't know. I mean, but I listen on my iPhone. But, I've, I've helped a couple of people with But my it iTunes so is on, on a Windows PC. Yeah. So maybe, maybe. Okay. So anyway, you can listen to us on iTunes. Subscribe. Tell your friends. We appreciate it. Rate us. Absolutely. Listen to us on the Stitcher app. We keep, we keep going incrementally up on Stitcher stats, which I love. Um, you know, and so you can rate us there. Review us. And, of course, check things out on www.fanboyplanet.com, where we are featuring, of course, this podcast, plenty of text articles, plenty of pictures. Moron versus Fanboy is running there. I just started running last week, my friend, uh, Dexter's new series, Sweethearts of the Galaxy, which I don't know if you got a chance to watch. Was uh, pretty I read funny. the article. I haven't watched the... Uh, it's, it's pretty funny. I watched it, and it was like... It, watch it, part of it. It was, you know, it was a clever little thing, a little cosplay sitcom. Yep. I like the idea. It's yep. cool. So, uh, and, you know, and, and if you are someone like, uh, you know, when Jason Salazar's new series comes out uh, about the uh, the detective team, one's a... Donovan and Sims. Donovan and Sims. We'll definitely run that. And anybody else, hey, if you've got something that is... Because I don't have an age gate, I can't do our... No, I mean, seriously, we've got to say this to people. Because we don't have the capability of, co- of coding with an age gate, uh, it can't really be R-rated material. But if you've got some kind of web series that's PG and it's of decent quality, happy to run it. Happy to. So, um, anyway, uh, that's it. you got questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism. Just want to say, hey, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. You can also follow us on the Facebook page. You can also follow us on our Twitter feed, at fanboyplanet. And I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder. Wait, and and I'm Dave Costa. Sorry, we're bad in Los Angeles. That's right. Reminding you, have a happy holidays and, and <laughs> use your, your powers, powers only for good. Only for good.
thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. I love rock and roll. She did pump out the jam. <laughs> pump up the jam, pump it up while your feet are stumping. And the jam is pumping. Look ahead, the crowd is jumping. Pump it no. up a little more. Get the party going on the dance floor. Because that's no. where the party's at. And you find out if you do that. Did pump out the jam. <laughs> Yo, pump up the jam, pump it up. Why your feet are stumping? And the jam is pumping. Look ahead, the crowd are jumping. Pump it up a little more. Get the party going on the dance floor. See, cause that's where the party's at. And you find out if you do that. <laughs> Single divorcees hanging out there, as opposed to married divorcees. Well, I mean, divorcees <laughs> could be dating, you know, other people, oh. and just not married. I mean, obviously, you're out of the game, you have so you don't know. But, no, I'm just saying is a single divorcee is an available divorcee. Yeah. You're looking now, for somebody damaged. No, I'm looking for somebody <laughs> single. Yeah, and he's banging Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh. Would you stop? <laughs> I there hear he's dating Catherine this Zeta-Jones. Is, this is, uh, All right, hold, hold. Rick is, <laughs> I hear he's dating Catherine Zeta-Jones. He's married to her. He's had a couple kids by her. Rick is, like, becoming Wiley Coyote with the signs. You know, it's like... Don't even, don't even put that in the outtake, man. Me, you wouldn't have been dancing with Koopa Polly all night. Hello, Hello, No. 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 Those were good days. Those were good days. <laughs>